of Life Wives for Life, a conversational podcast where three best friends talk about life and stuff and their fish. Yay! Yay! And today we are talking about a very important moment in the lives of all of us and our fish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A moment that happened almost exactly eight years ago at the time that we are recording this podcast and hopefully exactly eight years ago at approximately the time when we release this podcast we'll see <laughs> release yes. schedules are for um, chumps <laughs> we're not great with the whole like numbering and releasing yes. and ordering we're good with numbers now it just was christmas we just, it was christmas and so we missed 12 sorry telly <laughs> 12 will be out before you hear this though it's true. It will. Um, and so what are we talking about today, Lindsay? Hold on. I thought I was going to burp, but I'm not. So <laughs> we are talking about the wondrous thing that is the Vancouver 2010 Olympics. for athletes play who play winter sports but also like the highest level of montaging for people who make montages like, so true yeah so and there's sport so, montages yeah. sport montages are always the best, the best kind of kind. montages anyway yeah. yeah so yeah so we're talking about the olympics specifically our experience live mm -hmm. our experiences i should say because we each had very different experiences living in vancouver during the 2010 Olympics, mm -hmm. uh, and then Charlie was also there, and Charlie of had course. his own unique experience during the Olympics as well, so that'll be our Charlie story today, uh, and then we have some Olympic-themed recommendations for everybody, so if you are pumped about the Olympics, this is the episode for you. <laughs> Great! And okay, if you hate the Olympics, or sports... <laughs> See, but... I, well, I do love the Olympics, but I otherwise don't like any sports. So no, if you but think, I think that's okay, because you can like one or the other. Yeah. Um, and the Olympics like neither, is just you, a great culmination. Yeah. If you like neither, but you yeah, if you don't like, like the Olympics, or sports, or inspiration, yeah, yep. or like country pride, yeah. <laughs> yep. or then Vancouver. this is not the podcast for you, <laughs> and you can really? skip to a different episode. If you don't like those kinds of things, why are you listening to our podcast in general? True. Email us That's instead. True. I have an idea. Instead of listening to this podcast, email us and tell us why you're listening. 
we'd love to know. We'd so, love to know. We don't really expect to hear from you, though, because no. you've made it this far. You're fictional. <laughs> um, okay, so maybe let's start, Sarah, yes. with your experience during the Olympics. Tell us a little bit about what your life was like and then how the Olympics was part of that life for two weeks so or more. <laughs> my life... At that point, I was working full-time at a very popular local tourist attraction, um, and said local tourist attraction was expecting to be extra super crazy busy because so many people were in town for the Olympics. And then we weren't extra super crazy busy because people were in town (laughs) for the Olympics. (laughs) Not for tourist attraction. But also there was so much going on in the city, and it was like near-ish to where we were, but not as close. Like, if we'd been right in the thick of stuff, it probably would have been busier, but we were, like, enough, you know, like, a solid half-hour walk from the closest Olympics-y thing. And also, mm. all of the Olympics-y things were free. Yeah, and we we were super not. So, I I was not allowed or able to take any extra time off. Um... Because we, have, we were going to be so busy. We were going to be so busy, so there was, like, blackout. At, anyways. Um, like, we did get some VIP people. Oh, actually, I forgot this story until just now. Um, yeah! I know what you're going to say. Yeah, you guys know. So I was walking around, and then all of a sudden, I saw this man, and I knew him. But he was with his family, so I didn't really want to bug him. But I kind of <laughs> did, because it was Ed Robertson from Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> yeah. And so I was, um, I used to look after butterflies. And so I had these butterflies that I was releasing. And I... um, I'm sorry, Sarah. Yes. You need to be honest <laughs> with our listeners. After butterflies. What was your official, unofficial title? So after about a year and a half after this, I got promoted to butterfly trainer. <laughs> Extraordinaire. But at this point, I, yeah, I hadn't reached those Don't forget the extraordinaire, extraordinaire. Well, obviously, if you're a butterfly trainer, you're extraordinary. <laughs> Did you lose that, that painting that they made for you? I think I did, because it was on a paper towel. Uh, <laughs> that started to disintegrate. Anyways. What do you want from them? I don't want anything from them. I have great memories. I didn't need to keep the paper towel. Um, so I was releasing these butterflies and being me, I am much better at talking to strange children than strange adults, which sounds weird, but when you're like a professional who works with children, (laughs) you're allowed and encouraged to teach them things. So Makes total sense. Yeah. (laughs) Lindsay's losing it. (laughs) Um, so I used that as an icebreaker in like didn't really introduce myself just like there was also like nobody else there so i ended up yeah releasing butterflies with them and then somebody else that i work with that's much better at saying things offered to take them on a tour and i ended up going along and it was just really delightful it was ed robertson and his kids and his wife and i think some family like some other kids i don't know who they were um they were all just like delightful and super curious and just lovely lovely people and it just it had nothing really to do with the Olympics, except for they were in town for the Olympics. So anyways, mostly I worked during the, the Olympics, but um, probably one of the craziest things that has to do with like where I was in my life was during the gold medal hockey match, which was Canada-US, I was at work. And like everybody was like 
in their office or like trying to catch up on it or like yeah trying to stream it people were like we had um radio walkie-talkie situation at work and so people were like calling stuff out over the radio and like yeah making excuses to go via their office whenever to check on the score anyways Canada ended up winning spoiler alert um and but it was like and the the end of the game was like 10 minutes before I finished work and so I ended up like walking through the center of downtown to try to meet up with Lindsay and some other friends like in the middle of downtown Vancouver with I don't know like a million other people like roads just spontaneously or more like it was was, so yeah it was like there would just be like a road that was solid people that should have been open to cars (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it was insane I remember trying to find you that was fun it was yeah we 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 made it it was great and then just like wandering around enjoying the city just like as you walk down the street you're like high-fiving everybody that you walk by it was it was insane so that was that was, was my life during the olympics in a nutshell it was super canadian because i was like getting hugged by strangers and <laughs> yeah. it was super happy to be alive oh and then the but other thing i just remember huh? i remember what? is like walking through town and particularly curling but probably other sports do because like I, hockey is the least thing i care about in the olympics Mm, it's a close tie with the the cross country skiing shooting. shooting one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with the skiing yeah. and the shooting. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> everything else I like much more, including curling. And so I remember like walking along, and all these businesses would have TV screens that were like pointing into the restaurant, but also pointing out so that as you were walking, you could keep up with what was happening in the Olympics. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. Yeah, so those were my yeah. Olympics. I just remember a photo, the the Ross took a photo of me and Paula at the end and the overtime of the gold medal game, and we're both sitting like three inches from the television screen because obviously <laughs> the closer we sat, the louder we could yell and they would hear us. But also, and have we explained on the podcast before that you Paula obviously was... are a Canadian, that but Paula is an American. Yes. So, <laughs> so this was... game. Was, was a very, very intense, intense moment yeah. for friendship. But also, so we were both and like. One of us had our, I don't remember who, had her head in her hand. It was probably me. And then Paula was, like, biting her nails. And we're just, like, the tensest thing you could ever be in the history of time. Were you guys at their place? I'm glad you got it off, though. Yeah. At their old place, right? I spent a lot of, yeah, at their old yeah. place. Yeah. So, Linz, what did you get up to during the Olympics? Because your life was a bit different than mine. My life Indeed. was a bit different than everybody else's. We could, should have gone on the other way, small, medium, large. It's <laughs> <laughs> all good. Um, so I was unemployed during the Olympics and I didn't really care about being unemployed. <laughs> it was the Olympics. Uh, there was so much to do. Yeah. So much to do. And I spent a lot of time beforehand. I went to a lot of, um, cauldron relays. I don't mm. really know what you call those. The, like, they, torch, torch. run around with a flame. Watch a <laughs> run with a torch and, like, light the, the mini torch or, like, pass it along. Yeah, the only is. time it's okay to run with fire. Yeah, yeah exactly. I went to, like, a lot of those. Um, and Ross was also semi-unemployed at that time, so we spent a lot of time together going to those things and watching random TV at bars at 10 a.m. So it was the <laughs> Um, and yeah, and there was like Nicole said, there was a lot of stuff to do. So um, I think Paula had like the middle of the week off. I had I know, the middle of the I week off too. To things, yeah, I went to things with people almost every day, but like different people. And we went to things. We went um, to all the houses. I mm. went a couple times and saw that stuff. 
we went to, we were actually able to go see Colbert, which was one of my favorite moments. He was there um, right outside Science World on the field. And one of my favorite parts was as normal when he came on in his old show, people would say, Steve it, Steve it. And then because he was in Canada, he's like, now on français as a joke. And the entire crowd, because it's Canada, was like, and then he took a look on his face was just like, what the fuck is happening right now? And it was absolutely amazing. Um, I so forgot that, entirely that he was here for yeah, the Olympics, and not just to do his show, but like he went and did like so many different, so many things, things and he for clips on his show. And I forgot how awesome it was to watch that afterwards, and how yeah. much he loves Canada and Vancouver yeah. specifically. Yes. Yeah. Um, and one of the amazing things that we got through Nicole and some yes. other people who were volunteering was that we all of us there was like thirteen of us in a row got to go to one of the rehearsals for opening ceremonies yeah which was, was absolutely so, cool. so cool. oh my god i still get i like just get yep. such chills and emotions thinking about yep. yeah it was so amazing and it, it was, was the final dress rehearsal for the opening yeah. ceremony it was yeah. super funny because they didn't um do the cauldron because they wanted it to be a surprise and then when we were watching it we were like, well, yeah, maybe should have practiced that. Maybe, maybe guys. Um, <laughs> but that was another thing is that we were watching the opening ceremonies and we had paused it for a second at some point, probably to get more uh, adult beverages because we were playing a super fun drinking game. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, explain the drinking game to okay, the folks so the at home. The drinking game was um, because this was Canada and because we were watching it on Canadian television, they would, and I'm sure that happens on all like in the London ones that was on London television, they would constantly shoot to the booth of Fancy Delegates. So Stephen Harper was there, the Prime Minister at the time, and... The Queen. No, not the Queen wasn't there. Wasn't she? I think Prince Charles no. was there. Charles or the Governor General. I don't know if the Governor General was there. Oh, maybe it was no, Charles and Camilla. Yeah. Maybe Charles and Camilla. And whoever the Premier was, was it Gordo? I think so. Think so. A lot of people in suits and dresses. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. and the mayor, Gregor. Uh, anyway, so they would always shoot to them, and uh, they they had, they had the chiefs too. The chiefs oh, were the Guamish yeah. mm-hmm. nation and the other three, which I can't remember because I'm a bad person. Um, Nicole, want to help me out? Nope, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember. Anyway, I'm terrible. Anyway, I know that there's four. Yes, there were four because beca- I know that it was the four chiefs whose territories were all part of the games because the games took place in a lot of different places. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I remember yeah. three anyway. of them. Squamish, oh, there go. Squamish, Musqueam, and Slaveltooth. And I don't yeah. know the fourth oh, one. Oh, you even pronounced Slaveltooth correctly. Good <laughs> job, Sarah. And the other one, which we uh, apologize for. If anybody knows... And that one is probably the one that whose territory covers Whistler. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Squamish as well, but... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, because those are the three that you always hear about in Vancouver, so that's why I know those yeah. ones. Um, anyway, so they were all there, so every time um, they cut to a shot of that, we took a drink, and then also, during the parade of athletes at the beginning, we rolled a dice and picked a letter. It must have been a letter dice. I don't know. Oh. It was the categories dice. Yeah. Right, it was. That's what it was. And I wasn't even got, there, and I know that. <laughs> Me too. And we got the letter G, and every time a country with the letter G in it came on, we had to have a drink, and oh, goodness. 
there are more countries yes with cheese in it than you think there are yeah yes Needless to say, it was a fun time. And then, anyway, at the end, when they were lighting the cauldron, we were watching Wayne Gretzky go in his Popemobile um, down the street with the light. And we're like, that is the street outside this house. What's happening right now? But then we were time delayed because we had paused it. So then we figured it out. We figured out where it was. And we all went down there. And we ran around in the rain like idiots. Um, <laughs> super sober. Um, but we got to see the... <laughs> Children for like the first time and everyone was there and it was very exciting and that was super fun um so that was one of the really great memories my other favorite memory nicole was there for that was the saturday before the end which when we went into a pub and we got to watch the gold medal game of the men's curling yes um and a bunch of people were there it was one of those times we were there for like six hours people kept coming and going and stuff and we had a great time we were also there because it was raining a lot as well because it's vancouver there was like three days we were at the beach in flip-flops and then we would go watch hockey and then also it was raining and there was no snow on the mountain but whatever it was a very Um, weird time yeah it was very strange we were eating blizzards yeah at the beach in flip-flops and then we went back to paula's house to watch one of the hockey games in the middle of the week anyway um so we were there and we watched the men's curling and they won and also in the same five minutes we won like another gold in slalom or some other ski thing (laughs) yeah um so that was really exciting and then so they had the whole gold medal ceremony for the curling on at the bar and when they played the anthem everyone in the bar stood up and sang and it was (laughs) amazing um, and then they had the I Believe montage. <laughs> Nicole and I were super happy and totally not crying. <laughs> no, nope, definitely not. From all of our emotions. Oh, so crazy. So that one was really awesome. Um, and yeah, we just had a great time. Everybody in the entire city was super happy. Um, and we met a lot of people from other countries. And we had really great experiences, except for one stupid experience. Um and it was great and then it was over and i was like but what am i gonna do with myself now because <laughs> it was like you had a full-time job yeah because yeah, i had olympics. to go it was olympics i had to go out and like walk around and see what was what and then it was over and i'm like but why can't i walk down the middle of the street yeah why are like, people high-fiving me i have to get back into this habit of using sidewalks <laughs> sidewalks sidewalks are stupid anyway also i don't immediately know what country everyone around me is from. exactly it's so strange and then like every time we want to muddle the um 12 o'clock gun yeah. i don't know what we can call it the 12 o'clock alarm oh, noise yeah, the canada place thing thing the canada place thing that goes off at noon every day every time we won a medal it would and go it plays off the first five notes of oh canada that's yeah. what the so, sound is when like the first couple of days it was super confusing because they're like no it's four o'clock what's happening um but then you got used to it and you got super excited i remember being on the phone with my mom we were talking and it went off and i was like did we just win a medal because i wasn't on the on tv and we had won i don't know a medal because we won so many medals because we were super awesome yeah um and then after that it just went off at noon and i was like well this is dumb we didn't win any medals (laughs) that's stupid also did you know that they uh, the nine o'clock gun is closed for cleaning. Yeah. Like now yeah. I'm not gonna know what time it is. 
was my experience. It was awesome and very relaxing. Nicole? <laughs> um, was the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, still awesome, but the opposite of relaxing. The opposite yeah. of relaxing. Um, so, yes, I, too, had a very different experience, which is why we decided to structure it this way. Uh, because we did see each other yes. at times. Yeah. During the Olympics. There's lots of overlap. But those times for the three of us oh. to be lifewives together, I think we can count on one hand. Probably. <laughs> and maybe yeah. on just a few fingers of that hand. Probably. Um, because, like Sarah, I was also working full time during the Olympics at the same very popular tourism destination. Um, but I decided that what would be really smart and fun to do while having a pretty substantially important full-time job at the said tourist attraction um, was to also basically be another full-time employee but not get paid for it by being an Olympic volunteer. Do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> now, to be yeah, fair, you're nuts. <laughs> I do not regret this decision because my favorite moments and memories from the Olympics come as a result of having been an Olympic volunteer. Um, but it did mean that for the two weeks that the Olympics were happening, I don't really know how I survived because uh, what I did was I worked. There was also another decision that you had made. That oh, you yes. I'll get to that. that. Okay, more. I'll get to that. Um, but so just from a work standpoint, I worked because I was supposed to put in my full eight hours, but I was the manager of my department at the time. I think I was the manager at that time. I must no. have been. You weren't. Oh, no, that's not, because Burlton was. Um, right? Yeah. Oh, that was a long yeah, time ago. A long time ago. Wow. Okay. Um, but I worked out. I worked out something with my boss so that I could do my eight hours of work, but from 6 o'clock in the morning until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> So that only was my crazy trip. people start at six o'clock in the morning. Who <laughs> works those hours? Says the woman who did that for how many years? Um, I don't do it uh -uh. anymore. I know, but still. Um, so yeah, I was working from six to two. Thankfully, I worked a twenty-minute walk from my house. Yes, or um, a five-minute cab ride. <laughs> Sometimes I did take the cab, but at this time I was biking because, so it was about a nine minute bike ride right. from my house because it's all downhill. So what I did was then at 2.30, my volunteer shift, which usually went until 10, started at BC Place, which is where the opening ceremonies and the closing ceremonies and each and every one of the medal ceremonies for Vancouver-based events happened. And I was a glorified volunteer manager i had a team i was a volunteer volunteer manager yeah <laughs> so i did not get paid for it but i had a team of 12 to 16 other volunteers who reported to me who i was responsible for organizing at the various medal and and opening and closing ceremonies um and so i started that at 2 30 and i ended at work work at two so i had to bike from work work <laughs> to the bc place which is about a half an hour bike ride yeah um and there was like so that's 11 million biking. tourists as we previously discussed all over the roads yeah it was i like i barely made it on time every day like it was like go 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 <laughs> um i had 
basically haven't touched my bikes. <laughs> I think I only had it for that experience. Um, and then I would be at the whatever ceremony was going on until usually 10 o'clock or so at night. And then I would bike home. Um, and then that's where my other really smart <laughs> decision came into play. Because home should have been so exhausting at the end of each day. A sanctuary uh, for me, a place to relax and be calm and quiet and most importantly, sleep. (laughs) But what I had decided to do was instead to open my home to other (laughs) one bedroom, very small apartment in the West End of Vancouver. Um, I don't even know how many square feet it was, but it was very small, (laughs) very very small um and i decided to open it to not just one or two or even three other people (laughs) but during the actual olympics itself there were four other people living in my one bedroom apartment (laughs) now to be fair they were people i love dearly with my whole heart two of them were my parents (laughs) and they were also volunteers um and so they actually, this is the thing, three of those four people who were living with me were volunteers. So they weren't just there for the two weeks of the Olympics because there was a lot of volunteer training and orientation and stuff that had to go. So for over a month, I had three other people living in this apartment with me, my two parents, mom and dad, and a very, very good friend of mine, Brianne, um, who came, they all three of them came from Winnipeg to come and live with me for a month in a small one bedroom apartment. I was a crazy person. <laughs> it's true story. <laughs> really crazy true person. story. Um, and then you haven't had that many people stay in your house now when you have a full, like an actual house. <laughs> I know. <laughs> a very good point. <laughs> yeah. The most is like when Sarah and I and Mark and Telly sleep over. Yeah. And there's six people in the house. Yeah. For one night. Yeah. Oh, anyway, so mom and dad and Brianne were all living with me. Um, and I'll talk in a minute about how we made that work. Uh, but then during the Olympics itself, my good friend Jill, who is an Olympic nut, um, like just one of the most excited people about the Olympics I've ever met in my life. Not just know, but met. Um, she came to spend just over a week kind of in the middle of that two week period living with us as well. And she was not a volunteer. She was strictly there to attend as many events as possible. Um, so that was special (laughs) because, um, most importantly, it meant that I didn't have a bed because like the kind, loving daughter I am, I gave my bed to my parents and then there was a couch But there were three of us who needed to find a way to sleep on said couch. And the couch, to be perfectly honest, was not the most comfortable thing in the world. So we kind of quickly decided that the couch would actually be Jill's because (laughs) she was there for the least amount of time. And instead, Brianne and I had inflatable mattresses. 
um, that we could kind of like make our, our home base <laughs> on the floor. Brianne's was in the living room, like basically next to the couch between the couch and the wall. Cause that's about how much room we had. <laughs> um, and I should also mention at this point, I had a full size piano in that apartment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yep. true. Yep. So that took up pretty much the space that Brianne should have had for her bed. <laughs> um, so Jill had the couch. My parents had the bed. Brianne had, a. Uh, an inflatable mattress that somehow fit somewhere and amazingly wasn't in the kitchen. Um, and I had my mattress in the closet of my bedroom, <laughs> which was really big. It was a big closet. It was a big closet, mm-hmm. uh, but it was not big enough for a mattress to fit in. So I was kind of like half, half in the closet <laughs> and half out. Um, and I was sleeping in the same room, therefore that my parents were sharing the bed in. And my father does unfortunately snore quite <laughs> quite quite loudly um and now he's aware of this and he's done many things to try and help that situation but unfortunately um there were a couple of nights where it was just it was ju- it was just too much it was just too much for me <laughs> and my very 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 tired body at this point in this scenario um and so Lindsay, what did i do at like two you slept at my house. <laughs> just texted. I don't think it was that late. I don't remember it being that late. It was just late texted. though because I had tried to sleep. Like yeah, that I was remember. the point. Well, I, had I think the tried to go to one sleep. that was like super late. No, yeah, when you tried, it was like two o'clock in the morning. That was the one you just went to work. Oh, that's right. And yeah, slept yeah. At work. And then I the next night, yeah. and the next night, and maybe some other nights, just until Jill left, that you slept at my house. Draw yeah. your little mattress. Which would have been a floor. good solution because Lindsay had a small apartment, but no like furniture, so. Yeah. yeah. There was tons of space there. Yeah. So I really should have just lived at Lindsay. for anything else. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, that's right. So the night that I tried to go to sleep and the snoring just became too much for me, I, yes, instead biked at two o'clock in the morning to my office. <laughs> I decided to sleep there for like three more hours before I was supposed to actually start work. Um, and then, yes, Lindsay took me in. Thank, I pled sanctuary. Um, and I, I really appreciate it because, as, as we've discussed, I was doing a lot. And so I had a lot uh, of, of emotions. <laughs> and then there was also all of the medals we were winning and all of the excitement. So there were more emotions. And I really needed to sleep. But thankfully... Um, because mom and dad and Brianne and I were all volunteers and, um, mom and dad were volunteers at the speed skating and figure skating events. And Brianne was a volunteer, actually super cool volunteer role. She was a volunteer at Olympic village. So Mm -hmm. where all of the athletes were living, um, the probably the one and only reason we actually survived this, this situation that we all got ourselves into was we all had really different volunteer schedules and with my work schedule on top of the volunteer schedule we didn't actually see each other in the house that much because we were coming and going at all hours of the day Brianne especially had some really weird shift times mm-hmm. to be yeah. at Olympic Village um because she had to give out all the condoms <laughs> was it was it 36 yeah, I think so. I think it was 36. Yeah. 36 condoms an athlete. 
yeah. is how many they, they stopped. And equal opportunity, <laughs> both the male and female athletes got 36 condoms. Oh, got 36 condoms each. Yeah. Which, so many questions. <laughs> Just so many. <laughs> so many. Um, so that is really what saved us mm-hmm. is that we, and that was going on even before the Olympics actually started because the orientation and the trainings were all at different times. So we were able to, uh, survive because the five, I don't actually think there was a moment. And if it was, it was fleeting where the five of us were in the apartment at once for any sustained period of and time. Like we might've all, yeah. And yeah. awake. Um, <laughs> So, because of course there's only one shower in that apartment, and not like only the sink, like all of that stuff. So, like that was really what got us through. Um, and it is now an amazing story. Yeah. And, like <laughs> the whole combination of it. So for me, the Olympics is a bit of a blur because all of that was going on. And my volunteer role was very stressful because I was managing these 12 to 16 other people who were all responsible for um, everything from the athletes who were getting the medals to the guests, like the, the Vancouverites and other people who were in town who wanted to come to the ceremonies to the musical acts that were performing at the various ceremony concerts that were going on. Um, I was running around all of the time trying to, trying to figure out how the logistics of all of these these ceremonies were going to work. Um, it, it's a very big blur, but there are a couple of moments that really stand out for me. The curling match that Lindsay's mentioned, um, for sure, because that's actually the only event I got to watch live, <laughs> despite being very involved in the Olympics. Because I was a volunteer at a ceremony event instead of like a competition event, that is the only thing from the 2010 Olympics that I watched live. I watched a lot of highlight reels, a lot of the, I believe, montages after afterwards. But so that was a super important experience for me. And the fact that we won and we sung the anthem, that's definitely why I wasn't crying. <laughs> yep. No tears. Yeah. Um, but and then the other thing that you mentioned already, like, being able to not just see the opening ceremonies because I obviously was working when the when the opening ceremonies went for real which was incredible but being able to be there with my friends and family to watch the the rehearsal Mm -hmm. for the opening ceremonies is an experience I'll never forget and the day before that the day before we got to be audience members I was there for one of the other rehearsals and I actually got to like participate in it because what we did um when it was just volunteers it was just volunteers who were working in that venue who were there when they were at the rehearsal stage um, they needed to mark out how long each country's athletes were going to be in the procession so they had us the volunteers and there were hundreds of us working that venue um be the flag bearers and we actually got to hold a flag and then, so there would be three three volunteers per country. There was one who was holding the flag, one who was holding the start of a rope, and the other who was holding the end of the rope. And the rope was as long as the country would be when all of the athletes were there walking. Um, and we got to march out and, and do this. And I cannot, because it was such a blur, remember which country I was the flag bearer for, but I got to hold two flags 
because they kept having us like yeah. run around. So I got to like actually be ultimately a flag bearer in the opening ceremonies of the 2010 Olympic Games. Um, and the coolest, coolest part is because Canada got to go last because it was a host country. Um, so there was none of us who were waiting to hold flags or strings for, for other countries. All of us got to walk and pretend we were the Canadian athletes when we were marking out how long that was going to be. And that was so incredible. <laughs> uh, and it's definitely the closest I'll ever come to being uh, a representative of my country at the Olympic Games. You don't know. You um, could take up that skiing shooting thing when you're in your twilight years. Maybe. You don't know. Maybe. Um so yeah, there was I, I cried the whole time, and it was and I was not the only one. Like it was yeah. it was such an emotional experience. Um, and then probably the two other memories that stick out the most for me was being in that building when O Canada was played because it was the first time we'd won a gold medal on Canadian soil. When Alex won his gold medal, um, I was there working working that ceremony, and. I, that was just incredible. <laughs> to the there's that feeling that can come over a crowd when something really special happens, and the feeling in BC Place. I don't even know how many people fit in BC Place, but it was packed. I think it's so like thousands, sixty thousand, like thousands and thousands of people together in a room. Most of, if not many of whom, are Canadian and are hearing their national anthem played for the very first time for this reason was something I will never forget. And I'm eternally grateful for. And if nothing else, all of the other stress I was dealing with is worth it for that one moment. Um, and then something else really magical happened. <laughs> yeah. What was it? Um, so I like great big C. <laughs> what? Um, I like great big C a lot. We all do to be fair. Yes. Well, they're probably like the band that represents the life wives. Yeah, it's true. Um, and what's weird is that we liked them separately and then yes. met each other and then discovered that yeah. we liked them. Yeah. It wasn't like I, I introduced Sarah to West Wing, and, but we all liked Buffy. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, but yeah, Bare Naked Ladies to a lesser extent, but Great Big Sea because it's a little bit less mainstream. Well, yeah. yeah. We were all like huge great big c fans yeah i think yes. that was the thing we weren't just like okay they're cool we all like loved yeah great big c. Like, we're all well into our double digits of concerts yeah 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 um so great big c was performing one of the metal ceremony concerts um and that was a big perk to the job was mm -hmm. i got to be there for pretty much all of the metal ceremony concerts and see some really incredible canadian talent um but for great big c i got you guys tickets to that which was one of the times that we were actually together oh, yeah. during the olympics is um got you tickets and managed to get you down on the floor for the concert that was the one time i pulled my strings with my volunteer role yeah. um and was amanda there too your sister was yeah amanda was there yeah so i was technically working but i managed to and i, I pulled rank and i was like <laughs> i am working the floor 
for this concert. I don't really care about any of the other ones. I'm working the floor for this concert. So even though I did have to like run around and do do my job, um, I did get to hang out with you guys and party up front, like in the front row for a great big C concert, like right at the front. Um, But what was uh, particularly special for me about this concert and this this event was when they were doing their sound check, um, we, my volunteer crew and I, we got to be there to listen to the sound check and check everything else was ready to go for when the event opened. And I had, I had maybe told, (laughs) maybe, maybe told the people that I was managing on my volunteer team that I I really loved Great Big C and that I especially love Sean McCann. I had the biggest crush on Sean McCann. Um, And so when Great Big C was leaving the stage from their sound check to go to their green room to hang out until the concert started, um, my volunteers stopped Sean McCann. They definitely should not have done. But they stopped him and they said, Nicole over here really loves Yep. Like, really, really loves you. Oh, God, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so red. I'm so red in the picture. <laughs> yeah. uh, and they're like, can we take a picture of you with her? <laughs> and yep. the rest of the band was there. And I really wish they'd actually just let me take a picture with the band. But instead, no, no, no. They, like, pulled Sean McCann. Actually, they did grab him. Pulled him away from the rest of the band. <laughs> and so I have this picture of me with Sean McCann. And I'm beaming, but also bright red and he's got his arm around me and i was like dying and also so embarrassed and the rest of the band is laughing (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know what to say and he was so like suave and charming about the whole thing and it was awesome but so embarrassing (laughs) and then they left and then they went and then i i i was a giddy giddy squirrel So yeah, that was my Olympics. And then the Olympics were over and I went back to just having a regular eight to four job, but I still had three people in my house with me for like another couple of weeks. So I don't think Brianne was not a volunteer for the Paralympics, but I do think my parents were there for the Paralympics. Um, I was also not a volunteer for the Paralympics. So my parents were there living with me for a really long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But we all survived, and we all still love each other. So yay, friends! Yay! <laughs> and yay, Olympics! Yay! Lindsay, can you yeah. tell us a little bit about Charlie's experience during the Olympics? What he did and some of the cool people he met? Well, he was with me for, I think, probably all of it. All of the adventures that I went on. Um, I think the biggest person that he met would have been Brienne because she was mm-hmm. with us for most of that time, and um, he was he saw a lot of torches. Yeah, he saw a lot of. Uh, Did he saw, chase after Michael Bublé? No, none of us chased after Michael Bublé and Nicole. You were there. I we know. we sat and watched, we watched the people other people chase after Michael Bublé. Yeah, it was scary and kind of mob <laughs> mentality, and we were like, but we just want to sit here. Wearing our ridiculous Canada outfits, complete with the Canada mittens and tubes, even though it's like 15 degrees at yeah. night. But actually, we need to wear them because if we're not wearing them, how is it the Olympics? I actually also, it was the night, the night before the Olympics, so it didn't really matter anyway. I ended up sewing 
for basically this exact purpose. I put um, strings on my Canada mittens so that I could have them but not have to wear them. Yeah, you did it for yeah. all of us, and we were. You adorable. did, and you did it for Charlie because Charlie had mittens. That was later. Oh, yeah. Charlie didn't get mittens until 2012. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I it's okay about that. He did a lot of Canada things. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Where are my mittens? <laughs> I think I have like ten pairs of those mittens. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember any like super significant Charlie moments. He was just there with us the whole time. I know I have pictures of him with the torch because we when we were at that bar watching the curling, there was a torch there for some unknown reason. Um. So we have a lot of pictures of us with that. And yeah, we just had a great time being Canadian, cheering people on. Yeah, love and love. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. So we had we had some fun. We love the Olympics. Much fun. Yeah. Uh, that is why we have some Olympic recommendations Ooh, for you yeah. this week. Sarah. Yeah. What is your Olympic <gasps> recommendation? Okay. So mine is kind of a convoluted story, but okay. In 2016, there was a movie that came out called Eddie the Eagle. Oh, so good. And it's a really so great good. movie. It stars Hugh Jackman and Taron Egerton? Of the guy movie? from Kingsman. Yeah, Who knows what it Taron is. Egerton. Um, <laughs> and he, Taron Egerton plays, uh, it's based on a true story about this guy, Eddie, who's a British um, ski jumper. Ski jumper. Ski jumper. But ski jumper. He, yeah. he, he's never really... Been how been a ski jumper like? Oh yeah, he starts as like a ski mogul or something. No, he starts like as he a snowplow driver. Oh right. <laughs> or no, okay, sorry, that's, that's the coach. No, he he just like I don't really. Anyways, I don't really. I've only seen the movie once. I don't really remember exactly the whole thing, but basically, he gets it in his head that he's going to be a ski jumper and he's going to try out for the national team. Um. Oh, so he sorry he was just a regular skier like, on this Olympic ski team, and then he gets cut from that and decides he's going to try ski jumping. But, like, it, um, he just... He has no reason to believe that he will be good at it because he's never been good at it, but he just decides to himself that he's going to do it. And, like, yeah. the most impressive thing is that he does it. Like, because it's not the, like, the ski jumping where you, like, fly through the air on the really long skis and, like, land yeah. on a, like, cliff, basically... And try not yep. to die. So, like, the fact that he didn't die is yep. honestly, like, the most amazing part. Um, he ended up making the team and going to the 1988 Winter Olympics in Calgary. Um, and I first heard about Eddie the Eagle because at my middle school, we had an Eddie the Eagle award. And it was given to a student. Whoa! Yeah, and it was given to a student who just, like, in the face of everything just like kept trying and kept pushing and kept persevering. So like, I always knew the story of Eddie the Eagle, but in like a, it was oh, phrased no. a little bit differently than in the movie because he's kind of a pathetic <laughs> we, character in the movie, but we lost her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nicole's crying. I broke her. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe it took that long. Actually. Well, she's been crying off and on. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so it was, like, it was phrased a little bit more positively and a little, like, less laughably, I think, when they explained it at our school. Because, yeah, it was just sort of, like, somebody who 
doesn't know that they're going to be good at something, but tries anyways and just gets in there and gives it a go. So yeah, we always had an Eddie Eagle award. I never won it, obviously, because I'm afraid. <laughs> and the movie itself is really sweet. It's just like a small movie that, um, yeah, like doesn't really try to like be more than it is. It's just a really cute little movie. It's not even that the movie is what's making me No, cry. I know. It's the fact oh, that it's... you had an award. Yeah. I think that's so good. Yep. Okay, so, Lindsay, would you like to go next? (laughs) Yeah, I would. Well, somebody just... My movie was based at the 94 Olympics in Lillehammer. Actually, it started in 92 at the other ones Mm -hmm. that were also in Europe. Yeah, weren't those ones in Russia? No, 92 was... um... I forget. I know, me too. Keep talking. But it was somewhere in Russia. Keep talking. Um, and also, yes, I think it was because it's what gave you your idea for your other. No, that was your... some, that was just the condoms. It was what gave me that idea. Nothing. <laughs> okay, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. It's very intriguing. Anyway, 1992 was the last time they both winter and summer were held at the same Alberville. time. Alberville. Alberville. I knew it started with an A. Where is Alberville? <laughs> Right, where that was that? a weird time when we had 92 and then 94. Yeah. Yeah. Where is, where is that? Huh? France? Albert was in France, yeah. So they were both in France. No, which the Hammer's not in France. The Hammer's not in France? I thought it was in France. I find out. Anyway, that was a long <laughs> tangent to tell you about my movie, which is Cutting Edge. Yeah! Yeah. And it is awesome. And it has a great, a couple of great montages. Um, and also one of the best line, one-liners ever, obviously. And also a great jump move that yeah. I tried to do with Baylor the other day, remember? Yeah. <laughs> Is it the Pachenko? Is yeah. that who's yeah. called? The Pachenko. The Pachenko. them around. And they actually do in real life, except they don't fly them up in the air and catch them. They just put them down on the on the ice nicely. Yes, because physics doesn't it, actually it work, work for what that the way. move is. No, <laughs> yeah, it's but it's it is two a great moves cut together. Yeah, it's a great skating movie, mm-hmm. and it has great montages and great Olympics and, and a topic and a topic. And there was like some really bad like Lifetime sequels that once I watched probably after the Olympics in 2010 when I was unemployed and had nothing else to do. Um, and those are bad. Yeah, as you would expect. But there's two, right? There's cutting edge two and three. I think it might be a cutting edge four as well. Oh, God. I can't remember. Cutting edge two, I think, actually was in the theaters and then they got direct to video and then just direct to TV. Yeah. Yeah. But I was confused because there was also like four prints in these. So I don't know what I'm (laughs) using. I watched a lot of really bad movies back then as opposed to now, which I'm just watching high quality stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. It was great. Yeah. Um, and I wish there was more skating movies in my life that weren't Ice Princess because that movie sucks. God does. Let's you go can back. Watch I, Tanya. I'm going, going to go next week. We're going next week. When? Tuesday. Do you want to come? I can't. I can't go. Ooh. I actually have something I need to do, which is a crazy thing because I've tried to hibernate for months. <laughs> Tangent. I really want to see that movie too. Um, 
Now we're going back I, to Calgary, 1988. Yes, yes back to 1988 because I could talk again and I've stopped crying. <laughs> um, my movie recommendation also took place in Calgary. There was a lot of cool stories that happened in, yep. in Calgary's 98, in 1988 you know, they Olympics. They never made a movie about the Battle of the Bryans. I that, know. Yeah. What's wrong with these people? We should produce that. Okay. <laughs> we heard it here first. You heard it uh, here. Mine is, you probably figured, uh, Cool Running. Yay! I love this movie, yeah, and I have for so a really long time. Um, I want to watch it pretty much all of the time. Yeah. Especially any time that, like, that feeling comes over you to watch a sports movie. I'm yeah. always, like, the first thing I'm always going to yell is, like, Cool Running! And the first thing I'm always going to yell is Mighty Ducks, and then we have a fight, and then we watch both of them, and it's awesome, yeah. and we're just inspired to have montages in our lives. <laughs> I, um, I love Cool Runnings. I love everything about the movie, um, especially I love the fact that, again, spoiler alert for historical events, they don't win. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is so not what you expect from a from a sports movie although again it's one based in real life which is the same with eddie the eagle like he doesn't win no no but it's still inspiring when they crash and then they walk up so they can finish the race and then the dad's there wearing the shirt and everybody claps. <laughs> but it's for a thing that doesn't exist yet, Lindsay. Oh, no. Yeah, Lindsay, tell us. <laughs> tell us, tell us, tell us your first, well, no, it's not actually the first movie you're going to produce, but no. the second movie the second you're going to so, write and produce. As we mentioned before, I was inspired um, when we were talking to Brienne when she was telling us about the ridiculous number of condoms, and we were very confused <laughs> and had many questions about shouldn't they be practicing? And... <laughs> How they are practicing that, just a different kind of practice. <laughs> and how do you have that kind of time? Like 36 condoms uh, athlete is a lot. And like, is it, are they meeting people or do they have <laughs> friends? And then I came up with this idea in my head of like an athlete from one country and an athlete from another country. And they only meet at Olympics because they can't go to their other countries because in the movie it's the eighties and it's the cold war. 
Yes, that's the only way it really works. Um, <laughs> and so I came up with this movie, and it's called Cold Love. About <laughs> two people who are in love with each other, one from Russia and one from America, and they only meet at the Olympics, and they're figure skaters, obviously, oh, because why would you make a movie about anything else? And their coaches were also, they knew each other, and there was a history and drama. And this is really as far as I got, but I'm really the rest of it writes itself. I have, I have, I have a person that you should cast. Who? Marina Sirtis should play the female coaching lady. Oh yeah, because she always plays the mom in like awesome rom coms, or like yep. the, she plays the grandma, yep, or like true. the not the grandma, but like the the queen's secretary. Yes. Yeah. 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 She could be a figure skating yeah. coach. Of yeah. course. Um. So that's my that's one of my movie ideas. Yeah. After, uh, my second one after I make my first movie we'll talk Which about we that other. should make a subject of another podcast all of the movies yes. you have ideas for in your head yes <laughs> we'll be a millionaire guys one yeah. day yeah. One, yeah. Day. one day one day anyway I think, uh, that's that, the olympics that's the olympics and so that brings us to the end of our of our podcast yay, yay. sarah where can people find us and and do things uh, to share their can, Olympic memories. You can find us on our website. It's lifewivespodcast.com. Uh, you can leave us a comment there. You can find out how to subscribe to our podcast. The easiest way to subscribe is to search on your favorite podcasting app for Lifewives for Life. Uh, you can also find us on social media at Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at Lifewives for Life. On Twitter, because they make you have short names. The four is the number. Uh, you can send us comments. You can send us pictures of your Olympic adventures. Um, you can share a lot. And what sports you're most excited to watch in this coming oh Olympics? Yay! Um, ski cross and snowboard cross, where they have the four skiers and they oh, all go at the yeah. same time, and it's amazing. No, that's scary. Yeah. They don't hit There's each other, they just scary. race each other. Yeah. It's just more fun that's than fair. watching people fair. sequentially race, because they get when to, they like... When they do it, yeah. Cause yeah. It's boring. Because yeah. they're just racing the clock. Um, oh... All the skeleton and luge oh, so stressful. are always pretty cool mm. and moguls, except they feel bad for their knees. No, I know. It just hurts to watch. Um, oh, well, and Scott. speed skating. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I was saving them for last. Tessa um, <laughs> and Scott, yes. Tessa and, and Scott, which brings us around favorite. full circle because, you know, because they showed Olympics. up in 2010. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I was going to say speed skating with Brit. <laughs> Brit! What was that guy's real name? Charles Hamley? Yes. One of the Canadian Maybe. speed skaters yeah. just looked exactly like Brit from Clay of the Conquest. He's still skating, so he'll be there. Excellent. And I don't know. Others. Some curling pants? I'm excited There's for curling There's always pants. like 17. Huh? I'm excited for curling pants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's always like, oh, yeah, they're doing mixed curling this year. Yeah. And there's always those other sports that you forget about, and then you're like, every four years, like, oh my god, I love this sport. Yeah. And you're right, super intense, but the rule and stuff. It doesn't matter. It's just awesome. And I love the Olympics. Yay. Anyway, we love the Olympics, and we'd love to hear your Olympic stories. Thank you for listening to ours. Yay. Yay. Go, Canada, go. I believe I can see it.